Radio Free Culture from WFMU, where we examine issues at the intersection of digital media and the arts. My name is Cheyenne Homan, and in this episode, we'll be talking with Nikki Case, a game developer who licenses everything under CC0, which basically releases the work into the public domain. Hi, I'm Nikki Case, and I make open source interactive art, or the alliterative version of that would be public domain playables. Yeah, so you like alliteration? <laughs> Alliterations are always awesome. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so how did you get started doing game design? All right, so that's actually a really interesting and long and winding story. Um, so I started off in comics for some reason. Uh, then I, so I started like, you know, just drawing some random stuff. And uh, then I found Flash. Uh, and yeah, I know Flash is not open. But that's where I started uh, with animation. Because if comics are just pictures in space then uh, animation is just pictures in time. And from there, Flash also had some programming capabilities. So I tinkered around with that, made a few uh, you know, interactive animations, kind of like every 10 seconds, pick a choice. If you pick the wrong one, you die immediately and you just start all over again. <laughs> but that was like the first few games I made. And then from there, uh, I started like learning more about programming and game design. Have you always been interested in storytelling? No. <laughs> I, I know that's not the common answer, but that was only like a thing I really got interested in like just a year ago. And like I'm really interested in it now, but I have to keep in mind that it was I was a completely different person uh, and professional thing, uh, personally and professionally different, like just a year ago. It's because, well, one of many pitfalls of being part of a, like a, I guess, a techie background, the kind of whole techie culture is the way to kind of dismiss the arts and humanities. And it's like uh, only a year ago that I started realizing, holy crap, storytelling is actually really powerful. I should look more into this. Yeah, so you come from sort of a techie background? Mm hmm And yeah. that's the field that you worked in? Did you like go to school to be a programmer or anything like that? Mm hmm yeah. Uh, majored in computer science and everything. Okay. And so what did you think you were going to do with that when you went in? Well, actually, uh, games. So... So yeah, uh, pretty much uh, games and also some, I, I did some like web startup-y stuff for a while. But yeah, that's what I was planning to do with my programming capabilities. So what sort of led you to the Creative Commons or public domain angle instead of the more typical for-profit game angle? As a programmer, I really like open source. And I mean, that's kind of a selfish reason because it's really great to, you know, be able to actually you know, use someone else's code. If someone has gone through the time and effort already, like, figure that out uh, so that I don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. And I guess from there, the same, I guess, philosophy carries over to uh, not just code, but art. So that's where Creative Commons and public domain stuff uh, comes in. How long ago did you start licensing your work under CC0? I, I think the first time I, about, yeah, a few months after I, fig I found out that CC0 actually exists. Yeah, Creative Commons doesn't actually make that one of the main licenses. So I didn't find out about it until uh, uh, until I saw uh, Nina Paley license her film, Sita uh, Sings the Blues, under Creative Commons Zero. Uh, Nina Paley is actually one of my like inspirations. She was one of my inspirations to get into Flash animation in the first place. So that was kind of an interesting like uh, full circle. 
and yeah, I think that was uh, two, two and a half years ago that I started uh, licensing all my stuff under Creative Commons Zero. And where has that taken you? I'm very comfortable with all my stuff being CC Zero. Like, I was a little bit like nervous at first, but it's turned out really, really well. Not just for like me, but well, as, as a concrete example, uh, Parable of the Polygons, I think, was the one work I've done that has benefited the most from being licensed to public domain. Parable of the Polygons, uh, by being Creative Commons Zero, uh, it's been translated to, as of yesterday, 11 languages now. And people have made remixes, building off on top of the main concept and all that. And because it's also public domain, uh, lots of educators have emailed me and Viheart to uh, tell us how and that they were using Parable of the Polygons in their classrooms, in syllabuses on uh, sociology, on game theory, on pedagogy, on more recent events like Ferguson. And it's just really amazing how much Parallel Polygons has benefited from being open. So you license a lot of things into the public domain, um, and I'm wondering if you derive a lot of things from the public domain as well, either for inspiration or if you use public domain music or if you compose it. Like, I know that you give to the public mm. domain, but do you draw much from it? Uh, I think, yeah, half a year ago, I hosted the Public Domain Game Jam, where it was specifically a hackathon around people taking and giving back to the public domain. So this really is a, I know this isn't just me, but this is uh, an example of how public domain, giving and taking from the public domain uh, happens to lots of people. Yes. And yeah, the public domain game jam, The uh, it was a three-week hackathon for game developers to take a public domain story and then make a game out of it. And then if they were to also make their game Creative Commons Zero as well, uh, they would get a prize. It, well, if, if their game was good and it was Creative Commons Zero. And as for me personally, um, specifically, um, freesound.org is a really great source of Creative Commons Zero sound effects and music that I use a lot. Yeah. Oh, and uh, fonts and icons. Two other great things that are really well suited for Creative Commons Zero. Mm. Yeah, currently we have um, a micro song contest running. It ends on Friday the 20th, Ooh. but uh, every song that is submitted is licensed Creative Commons Zero. So all of these tiny 15 second or shorter pieces of music are licensed into the public domain, which is pretty wow. fun. <laughs> so yeah, currently yeah. we have 45 minutes worth of them. So a lot of people were into this idea. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. 45 minutes divided by 15 seconds. That's... A lot. <laughs> yeah. Some are shorter than that, too. We have, I think, 217 as, as we speak. So there's quite a lot there. Um, yeah. yeah, and certain artists, I think, really, you know, a lot of artists that I speak to on the Free Music Archive choose to use CC BY um, attribution instead of CC0, though I think that they're fairly close in terms of what you can do with a work. Um, why don't you care about attribution in this case? So I... I, I kind of agree with Nina Paley on, uh, on, on like why, on her also her reasons for making it Creative Commons zero instead of uh, CC by, is that it's pacifism, I, I guess, in that she would really like attribution, and I, I would really like attribution, but I, I would consider it more as a, of a manner of uh, etiquette, uh, and rather than something I would actually take to court, I wouldn't, and I can't. I don't have the financial resources, all the legal resources to actually take someone to court over an attribution thing. And even if I did, I wouldn't actually do it. Yeah, and people have been very uh, eager to um, 
attribute me even if though CC0. And I've done the same as well. Even though I don't need to attribute all the sound effects I use, uh, I, I still do so on like the GitHub repos and uh, inside the games themselves. Yeah, so what other kinds of free culture work have you done besides games? Anything? I guess, yeah, most of my, uh, the rest of my code is also by default uh, CC0. And I, the other thing I like about CC0 is that I can actually use it for code as well as art, while the other Creative Commons licenses uh, can't legally, technically, anyway. Um, so, yeah, my code, uh, my games, my things which are not quite games, which is why I said I'm an interactive artist because I don't really have a word for what Parable of the Polygons is. It's not exactly a game, but it sort of is but not really. Well, on that note, what do you think sets games or these sorts of interactive interfaces apart from other art forms? Like, I'm really excited for just interactive experience because most art forms are kind of like a monologue, but games can be a dialogue. And yeah, like with something that's interactive and I mean, like all learning is active, uh, even if there's like not any specific bodily action or anything going on uh, but yeah all learning is active and something that's interactive can let uh, i guess the audience like play more with the concepts like get a little bit more hands-on and more viscerally understand something rather than just being told a bullet list of facts that they have to memorize instead like you get to actually like mess around with something make mistakes and learn from it well tell me about what's coming up for you this year What's 2015 going to hold for you? That's a good question. I do not know. <laughs> and I think that's actually kind of a good thing for me right now uh, to kind of keep myself flexible and uh, have lots of options open. Um, I think Playable Post is definitely something I'm going to be exploring a lot more of. And uh, as of right now, I'm also um, experimenting with augmented reality, virtual reality uh, using Google Cardboard, and also interactive storytelling. You've kind of mentioned that you do free culture activism um, or you've described yourself as sort of an advocate for free culture. So what would you mm -hmm. say are some of your favorite or like most notable uh, accomplishments in that arena? Ah, yes, I have a list, sort of. Um, so I already mentioned earlier the public domain game jam uh, that I uh, co-hosted and I gave a thousand dollar prize to. Uh, the winner of that game jam was actually a really interesting uh, remake of the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. It's a really interesting game that uh, won public domain game jam it's you know based off the public domain Jekyll and Hyde story and it's also public domain itself so that was awesome uh, another thing I did half a year ago is the open game art bundle where we crowdfund uh, me and five other game artists and musicians joined forces to create this open bundle and then we crowdfunded the bundle and got twelve thousand dollars from it so it's like something that we you know both profited from but also gave to the world so that I think it's it's good. It's a good combination of things to uh, benefit from something that benefits the rest of the world. And the other thing I'll quickly mention is Public Domain for the Win. Uh, it was an event I did a couple months ago in collaboration with Creative Commons and the EFF on specifically uh, Public Domain games. So that was really cool as well. Yeah, so give me a quick breakdown of some of the more notable pieces that you've done in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, Coming Out Simulator 2014. It's an interactive story uh, about my coming out experience as bisexual to my hyper-conservative Asian parents. Uh, as you can tell by the fact that I made a game about it, it didn't go so smoothly. 
Uh, and the, the way I like describing Coming Out Simulator is that it's a half-truth story about half-truths. And you play as me, uh, and, you have, and, then, and then you have to choose your, or I guess my, words wisely. Uh, and it really resonated with like so many people. I've gotten like a lot of like very emotional uh, fan mail from like hundreds of like queer teens all over the world. That that was really amazing. Uh, and one notable accolade um, that uh, of the coming out submitter um, was nominated for uh, is the Independent Games Festival, which is like the Oscars of indie games. So that was really really awesome. Um, so yeah, the, it was uh, nominated for Excellency in Narrative at the Independent Games Festival, uh, which would actually be happening in uh, two weeks' time. So I better get prepared on something, I guess. <laughs> yeah, where does that take place? Uh, it takes place at uh, the Game Developer Conference in San Francisco uh, on March 4th. Yeah, March 4th. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the other thing I made is Parable to Polygons that it's also very notable. Uh, Shall I describe that more? Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Parable of Polygons is a playable post. Half video game, half blog post. It, with it, you can uh, interact and play with these uh, models of these little cute shapes, these little triangles and squares who are all slightly shapist, but only very slightly. Uh, but even though they have a very slight individual bias, as you play through the interactive portions, you realize that a small individual bias can build up to a large institutional bias. This is something that's uh, based off of uh, Nobel Prize winning game theorist Thomas Schelling's work. Thomas Schelling like, originally created this model and we've um, basically f uh, what we did was take Schelling's model and turn it into something cute and adorable and interactive and also has a happier ending than uh, Thomas Schelling's original model. And you've said that this piece has been used in a lot of educational and other contexts made possible in part by the fact that you've licensed it openly. Um, mm -hmm. I know that you said you're interested in, in doing other similar models to Parable of the Polygons. Do you have any in mind of like what you might want to explore next or create next? Yes, I have another list. Let me pull out the sketchbook. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, yes, I'm working on one right now uh, about uh, education and active learning. Uh, and in it to be... So the, the main metaphor there is that a lot of uh, education right now is memorization uh, rather than, you know, actively building up, you know, models of knowledge. Uh, and so the tagline is that we've been taught to collect the dots when we should be connecting the dots. So that's one. Uh, I'm doing another one on uh, a title, Mindful Violence. And it's something that I've been thinking about, like, like controversy over, like, you know, media violence. And for the longest time, I, like, simultaneously believed two things, that video games are harmless. They don't really affect people. But the reason I want to make video games is because they're really emotionally powerful. They can really affect people. So uh, I realized that contradiction, like, uh, a few months ago. And I was like, well, crap, um, what do I do now? And I guess I want to make this playable post. Uh, models of learning. So there'll be like neurons you can like fire and then the wire together. Uh, and also like a little toy model of Pavlov and uh, Skinner and the that doll punching experiment that, whose name I can't remember. And yeah, just like a, a, a playable post with models on learning, neurons, how we 
learn through observation, and that's how how that's relevant to media violence, and how and kind of a call to other media creators and artists to accept the responsibility, uh, so that we can fully use its power, and then also some tips on how to create pro-social depictions of violence, which actually has been studied, how to show violence, but in a way that actually is pro-social, kind of a having your cake and eating it too kind of way. Another one on advertising, another one on big data, another one on privacy. Like I have a, a long list that I'm realizing I'm like going way over time for, so I'll just end it there. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, what kind of collaborations have you done and what are you looking forward to doing? Uh, so... Parable to Polygons was done in collaboration with uh, Vihart, an educational YouTuber with like almost a million subscribers. She mostly does uh, mathematics and math, art, music kind of stuff, which is really amazing. So that's the most recent collaboration I've done. Um, one I'm working on right now, and I can't quite guarantee it will be done in time, is a virtual reality animation uh, in collaboration with Mozilla. I can't promise it'll be done in time for the Games Developer Conference in two weeks, but it's there, so yay. Cool, well thanks so much. Yeah, thank you so much again. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Radio Free Culture is produced by WFMU and the Free Music Archive, and is supported in part by a grant from the National Endowment for the Arts. Our theme song this week is The Spider-Man's Nano Loop by Uncle Bibby and can be found at freemusicarchive.org.